0: Hello and welcome to The Triple S Factor, the podcast where we deliver insightful, valuable and unique business related information on all topics from strategy, finance, resilience and delivered with a dash of humour and fun. Today in the podcast, we're talking about partnerships and how you can build partnerships with purpose for the future. We hope you gain as much knowledge as you can because we're gonna try and jam pack this episode as best we can for you. So when we're talking about partnerships, There's a lot of information out there around how you can manage partnerships for your business and how you might implement partnerships or what a partnership even is. So we'd like to kind of take you to that next step. And the next step is when you're actually ready for partnerships and when you are, how you then go about it. You know, building partnerships for purpose for the future is insanely important, The World Economic Forum was talking years ago about how by 2025, if businesses haven't looked seriously at strategic partnerships by way of how they engage with the audience around them, then a lot of businesses will end up finding themselves redundant, which is not what anyone wants. So to kick this off, one of the biggest things that we find with anyone who comes to my door um, or anyone that I'm talking to about partnerships is really truly understanding your value, knowing your value in business. And we don't mean, I'm not saying know your value by way of marketing, your marketing audience, your target audience, your demographics, none of those things. That's a marketing aspect. What I mean by knowing your value is how do you know your value from a partnership perspective? you know, asking the questions like, why should anyone partner with you? And be honest and critical and objective about that. Why? Why should anyone? You know, what do you bring to the table? So you think of it from a scenario, if you can imagine sitting at a table with a potential partner and having them turn around and say, why should I do this with you? Why should I take time, effort, energy, resources, sometimes finance, taking time away from my core business function to partner with you to do what? Um, And how does that benefit me? How does that benefit my business? What is the value for me to do that? And every business should be thinking like that. You know, it's not a matter of, in the past, there's been a lot of relationships built around what I would refer to as like marketing partnerships. So you might partner up with someone to do a marketing initiative or you might co-brand a campaign or a product or any of the examples in the past around how you might do that. However, when you're really talking about a proper partnership uh, that is more long-term, not just for a marketing campaign or an initiative, then you're really looking at long-term vision around how you both can come together to benefit and looking at how that maps out and how you might pave that pathway to ensure that that can happen effectively. Being critical and objective is important because when you are blindsided by your own business, which most of us are, having that ability to sit down and really assess yourself critically gives you a whole open insight to a lot of other things other than just your value proposition from a partnership perspective but it also allows you to go to that potential partner and understand and be upfront hey i know i'm good at this this and this i know i can help you by doing this this and this and by the way I need your help in this, this and this. So, you know, if you can outline to the potential partner what it is you value of theirs, what you have of value to give and how collectively those two values can come together to create a more holistic experience for your audience and their experience, then you're definitely on a winning pathway to ensure that you can actually get that partner over the line so one way you can do that is by trying to identify your unique partnership value proposition. That UPVP, if you want to call it, uh, is that an acronym? The Unique Partnership Value Proposition can really help you go through that process to identify what it is you can bring of value and benefit to a potential partner. So Obviously, the first question is why? Why do you want a partner? What will you get out of it? What would a partner get out of it? And breaking it down into, you know, the old adage of pros and cons, breaking it down into what your unique benefits are, your pros, and what your disadvantages are, the cons. Now, the great thing about this scenario is your disadvantages are actually helping guide you as to what type of partner you might seek out. So having disadvantages is actually not a bad thing in this instance because it means you have a blueprint, you have a guide on who you might be able to partner with that will give you maximum amount of benefit and you can give them maximum amount of benefit because you both can come together collectively. And once you've gone through and worked out what all of your unique benefits are. So it could be something along the lines of you are forefront in a particular genre. We have a client who has created a very, very unique technology application where it's very sought after, very unique very hard to replicate in a short amount of time, and very costly to replicate. So from those perspectives, instantly you've got four advantages to another potential partner that, you know, would prohibit them from just running off and doing it themselves, right? When you can partner with someone, you actually cut your capacity in half by way of risk and mitigation of it not working equally when you look at your disadvantages as I said they're not actually bad in this scenario they are helping guide you so it could be that you know you don't have distribution for what it is you're trying to achieve it might be that you want to lean in on a particular niche or a particular market or sector and you need that relationship that your potential partner has already built in that sector all of these things can be numerous ways in which you can put in your unique benefits and your disadvantages and looking at the different components of it. So, you know, what is your market value? What is your brand goodwill? Where is your leadership at? You know, do you have really good leadership and do they kind of struggle with that? Doing enough research on your partner will also allow you to get some of those insights, stalk their social medias, stalk their website, look at how they interact with the world around them and try and pick out little bits and pieces that you believe you might be able to help. Just keep in mind though when you are presenting to your partner do everything you can to try and present their negatives in a positive light purely because everybody works so hard in any organization no matter the size and when you are sitting across from someone and they're telling you that you're doing it wrong or that you could do it better or that if you did this that would have worked more effectively, you definitely don't get them on side that way. Uh, You can also look at the resources, you can look at the expertise, so what is your level of expertise or your team's level of expertise and how cohesively can it come together and you've definitely need to be a little bit open and or understanding around some of the burdens that a business might have around investors so when you are looking for a potential partner one of the things that you need to keep an eye out for uh, is making sure that if they do have burdens and there's every chance you probably won't know this up front it will happen around Second, third, fourth conversation. Try and see if you can find out what their burdens are around shareholder and stakeholder obligations. Because if a shareholder has enough decision making power, that can impact the business. Your potential partner, which can in fact impact you and the partnership that you create. And unfortunately, in some instances, you may not know that until it's too late. But what you can do is put in some mitigating measures to ensure that in the original agreement that you do do with your potential partner, you can outline what to do in instances where shareholders or stakeholders kick in and try and mess up the system. Keep in mind also, when you're going through this process, you're interviewing them and they're interviewing you. This is no different to applying for a job. You know, you really want to know that the people you're going to work with slash partner with, just as when you're hiring resources, you want to know that they're the right fit. You want to know that they know their stuff. You want to know that they're not telling porcupines on their inverted commas CV, (laughs) CV of business. And equally, you want to know, you know, is there any dark history? Like, definitely do your research around that part of it. And that, in return, becomes a vetting due diligence process. You should always, 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 always do a due diligence process on any business that you intend to partner with. Coming up with a list of Questions that you can ask that are not invasive over multiple meetings will equally help you map out that DD process. After your unique partnership value proposition which is you know it seems complicated and it seems lengthy but realistically if you're in the right mind frame you can probably knock it out in 15-20 minutes if you know less if if you're lucky. Um, You can then look at how to to narrow your search down further, whilst your disadvantages help guide you in the direction of what you would like to take by way of a potential partner, you can then start looking at how you eliminate friction. So if you were to list out challenges that you think may be found in your pipeline, where there are friction challenges, uh, that obviously helps by way of the customer experience. So looking at it quickly by way of identifying like the need or want of product or service and then researching the information, a consumer will go through these processes. They will identify that they want something, they will research it, they will then assess the kind of urgency of it versus the longevity of it versus should i wait should i get it now should i keep researching for price then they start to move through an analysis so once they've done the research and they understand the time frame that they've got they really quickly start to analyze the various options before them then in addition to that one of the things that a lot of people miss in their process is the safety and security and what is the data protection in play and what is the risk mitigation and obviously as you could understand in the current economic climate we find ourselves in where there's a lot of online purchasing a lot of spending a lot of interaction whether it's you know e-commerce whether it's courses whether it's retail product or whether it's services data protection and risk mitigation is really important and you know spending fifty dollars on an item is it means a lot to people these days then obviously the purchase comes after that. So if you've done all these things right and you've ticked all those boxes and they feel happy and safe and confident with all of those key measures, then they would purchase. However, there are a lot of mechanisms that businesses do put in place that lessen the ease of purchasing. And that tends to cause some friction. One in particular, for example, that I read about often is shipping. So you go through the whole process, they do all the research and they add it to cart and so on and so forth. There's no mention of additional shipping costs and then they get to the checkout and suddenly they're being charged $50 for shipping if it's international. And instantly they X out because really that's not something that they had anticipated. It's not something that they have perceived value in and it's not something that they were prepared for. So making sure that your process is easy and they don't have to jump through too many hoops to ensure that they can purchase is always a good thing. How you then map that from a partnership perspective is in each of those pillars, identify, research, time frame, analysis, safety and security and purchase, where are the roadblocks, if any, what are the friction points for your customer, at what stage and What is the actual friction point itself? And equally, once you've been able to understand that, you can then look at how you find partners that can help address that. So if it's a matter of a payment portal problems, then finding a different payment portal supplier or partner with an an organisation that has a cohesive native process for the digital, digital native market. So those types of things that you can do to really enhance the experience, you know, how do you help them identify their need more effectively, you know, what ways in which you can utilize your marketing to cut through cognitive bias and consumer bias so that they feel less friction around purchasing that item. And a great example of that would be the likes of, say, women when it comes to sanitary products and or items that encapsulate the sanitation of womanhood and so cutting through that noise or or, or cutting through the ability or that block that they have around oh this shouldn't be spoken about and whilst it's come a long way over the years realistically like it's still a an area that people don't tend to like to speak about a lot. Now the next thing you can do if we want to call them step one being find your unique partnership value proposition. Step two eliminate your friction which we've just discussed and step three would be create a simple or sophisticated partner ecosystem. It can be as simple or as complicated as you like and the beauty about it is you know, if you want something simple, it might be you and another organization that come together and you've got value and benefits, they've got value and benefits. You come together and create value for the consumer in a way that you've not been able to before. You're eliminating friction, you're addressing all of their needs. And that seems a very simple, I do this, you do that, toing and froing, collective partnership. However, you can also have more sophisticated partnership ecosystems where you might have three or four businesses plugging in to one desire to create a better consumer experience. And that doesn't make it more complicated. It just makes it more sophisticated because there are more parties involved. And one might have to talk to the other in a formal, informal supply chain process Uh, because one has to happen before the other. So it can be as simple or as complicated as you like, yet the other great thing about looking at your ecosystems is how you can then leverage from a marketing perspective, how you then leverage outwards, utilizing their networks and your networks. And that's a a dual benefit thing. So if you want to be able to leverage their networks, there's got to be a scenario where you allow them to leverage yours. And as a proper partnership, that should never be an issue because you would have vetted each other and you would have trust that both parties are doing it from a good place. So when you're looking at partnerships, it's definitely key to make sure that you don't go after all of them at once. Have your list, write them down. You know, do your unique partnership value proposition, find out your strengths that you can offer, come back and work out your disadvantages that they can support you in, work out your friction points and how that would look, which would equally allow you when you meet with the potential partner to outline exactly how you would perceive it moving forward and allow them the opportunity to co-contribute because it is a partnership after all. And then list out your top five companies that you would like to target initially. Do your research and your due diligence on those top five and then try and knock them off one to two at a time. And when I mean knock them off, I mean address them, reach out to them, have meetings, progress the conversation, negotiate, do the agreement and implement. If you try and do more than one to two at a time you stretch yourself a little bit too thin you take your foot off the pedal with the rest of your business it takes a lot of effort energy time thought resources that your business may still need you for And it means that you get to do them properly. So if you focus on one to two at a time, you really lean in hard on those one to two. Initially, you get them bedded down, you get them right, you get them working, and then you move on to the others. So this is really not a, hey, this week I'm going to do partnerships and I'll have them all sorted by the end of the week. When you're talking about a real proper partnership, you're talking a good six to eight to 12 months process around reaching all the potential partners that you may want to reach however in saying that patience is a virtue because if you are able to knock them off one to two at a time and work through that scenario over a six eight twelve month period you're really setting yourself up for a really solid platform moving forward and then what it does mean is no matter what happens in well not no matter what happens but Uh, For the most part, it does mean that anything that could potentially happen in the future by way of market needs, market wants, market value, economic downturns or peaks, you will still have some form of solid platform to work with, a solid foundation of partnership to work with, and can adapt so much more quicker, more efficiently, and costly, as in, you know, much more cost efficient to have someone to do it with rather than to do it on your own. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We love talking about partnerships. It really gets us excited. There are some amazing partnerships going on in the world around us at the moment, and we can't wait to start to share some of them with you we have the motto, when we learn, we grow. When we grow, we succeed. If you wanted to know more about this topic, one of the organizations that we're working with is ingredior.com.au That's I-N-G-R-E-D-I-O-R.com.au. On their resources page, they've got an entire a plethora of information around partnerships they do spotlight case studies they also have worksheets on your on how to to do exactly the things that we've been speaking about today in this podcast episode so if you jump on there and you have a look give them a follow on linkedin and twitter at Ingridior Aus, and hopefully you will find all of their information as informative as you have found this podcast episode today thank you It has sadly come to that time again where we have reached the end. It is our purpose to bring value and information to enrich your organisation and your life. Don't forget to subscribe to us, The Triple S Factor. Until next time.